0: Pastor Ray Bentley reminds us what we have in Christ.
1: There is power in the name of Jesus. His name is powerful, his name is healing. We are complete in Jesus Christ. When you have Christ, Christ in you is the hope of glory. He is everything, he is complete. His spirit in you is everything that you need. Everything you need, everything that I need is found in Jesus.
0: Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. It would be difficult to overstate what Jesus means to our lives. He's our savior. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's God incarnate, the creator of the universe, but he's also sufficient for everything we need in this life. We'll dig into the Gospel of Mark today to learn more
1: about what we have in Jesus. So I'd like for you, if you have a Bible, open it to the Gospel of Mark, chapter one. We just have barely started. And we're gonna look at uh, verses 12 through 20. We're just taking our time going through this Gospel. We're gonna look at uh, Jesus, who is now announcing the kingdom of God. And we know that there are two comings of Jesus. The first coming, he came as a lamb to be the sacrifice for our sins, to rise from the dead on the third day. But he said, I'm going to my father's house and there to prepare a place for you. And when it is finished, I will come again. And the church has had this hope of the coming again of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, when I come again, not coming back as, a, as merely a lamb, but I'm coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's coming back as king of kings. He's coming back as Lord of Lords, and every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. All right, we're going to pick up where we left off. Uh, The Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, beginning in verse 12. And by the way, this is right after where we left off last was Jesus getting baptized. Uh, by John the Baptist. When Jesus was baptized by John he came up out of the water and as Jesus came up out of the water of baptism in the Jordan River John looked up and he saw the heavens parting and he saw the Holy Spirit descending and coming upon Jesus whom he had just baptized and as he described it it was in the form of a dove. Now Verse 12, here's where we pick up, where we left off after this baptism. By the way, the sign that the Lord had given to John, who was a prophet, the last of the Old Testament prophets, here's the sign you'll know, the one whom I have sent. Because he was saying, prepare the way for the king, the Messiah, the promised one of Israel. Here's the sign you'll see the dove descending upon him. So he saw it with Jesus. Verse 12, immediately the Spirit drove Jesus. Mark tells us, into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness for how long? Forty days, tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beasts. And the angels ministered to him. All right, let's look at this for just a minute. Um, Immediately the Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. He has just had this experience where the Holy Spirit has come upon Jesus. He has received a fresh, though he is born of the Virgin, he is the Messiah, he is the promised one, but there was a moment and a time in even Jesus' life when the Spirit came upon him and anointed him for his ministry, which would now carry him for the next three years. A supernatural experience immediately followed by a resistance and temptation and opposition by the devil. Do you see a pattern here God wants and loves to give us supernatural experiences and to take us even to the mountaintops and when we have a breakthrough we go wow awesome incredible amazing and God is real you are real you are the holy one of Israel and then immediately the enemy comes has that ever happened to you Right after you've been at a mountaintop or your heart has just, you know, burst within you or you've had an experience of the Lord, taste and see how good the Lord is. And immediately after that, the enemy is right there to steal your joy, to rob you of the blessing, uh, to attack you, to tempt you, to distract you. And you're going, what is going on? This is the pattern. Know it. Expect it. It happened with Jesus and it happens with all of God's children. Immediately the Spirit drove him. Now, where it says he drove him into the wilderness. It's a very strong word. The same word Mark uses 11 times in his gospel when Jesus is casting out demons. It's a powerful experience. And now this doesn't mean that Jesus was afraid or that he was intimidated by the devil. And may I add, if you have Jesus in you, that you've asked him into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior, you do not need to be afraid nor to be intimidated by the devil. In fact, trust me, the devil is more afraid of you. Not because of you. He, he, He is not afraid of you. You are nothing to him. You are a pipsqueak to him. But when Jesus is in us, he fears, he trembles. In fact, he burns. He gets burned. It's not about us. It's not about who we are, how spiritual we are. If you have Jesus and the glory of the Son of God inside of you, you burn with a light the eternal flame of the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. And so Jesus was not afraid, nor was he intimidated by Satan. What Mark means by this phrase is he wants to show how intense the experience was for Jesus. It was an intense experience. We believe in God. We believe in Jesus. We believe in the Holy Spirit. Some, and, you know, sometimes the world, they think, oh, come on, really? Do you believe there's really a devil? I wonder if you really believe there's a devil. Have you ever, you know, experienced the dark side of spiritual world, the reality of it? Uh, without going into great detail, but just briefly, let me say that uh, what we know of Satan, uh, which means he's an adversary, he is the accuser of the brethren. But he was originally an angel. He is a he's still an angel, but he's a fallen angel. Uh, he really exists. He is not the opposite of God. He doesn't know everything. He's not all powerful. He can't be in you know more than one place at one time. God is omnipotent, he's all-powerful. God is omnipresent, he's everywhere, there's nowhere you can flee from the presence of the Lord. Uh, God is all light and all love. The devil is not his opposite. The book of Revelation says that when he rebelled, he drew a third of the stars, symbolically of the angels, in rebellion with him. Mankind was created sometime after that whole scene in the angelic realm, and mankind is, now we find ourselves in, in the midst of a tug of war, a battle and a war for the souls of men and women. If you are a human being, uh, there is the Holy Spirit who never pushes, he never provokes. In fact, I love Revelation 3.20, says, Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and will open the door, I will come into him. Now he's the Messiah, he's the son of God, he's eternal, he's the ancient of days, he's almighty, he's all powerful. He says, I knock. What does that tell you about Jesus? He's a gentleman. And someone has well said that the doorknob to the human heart is really kind of only on the inside. Only you can open that door if you hear the voice of Jesus, and Jesus said, if you hear my voice, very loving, gracious, I would like to come inside of you, I'd like to forgive you of your sins, I'd like to fill you with my spirit, I'd like to take away your punishment and and your guilt, that's why I died on the cross, I rose from the dead, and I want to give you my spirit and, and my resurrection life, and I've made a place for you in heaven. But he's such a gentleman. The devil, have you noticed, is not a gentleman. He yells, he screams, he threatens, he intimidates, he's mean, he's nasty, he's cunning, he's deceptive, all of that. So the the, the different natures that are going on. It was an intense time when Jesus went into the wilderness. Israel, the nation, once they had been set free from the, the slavery in Egypt for 400 years, they were in the wilderness for how many years? 40 years. So the number of 40 is a time of testing. Uh, And now Jesus goes into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. Whereas Israel failed their test and did not enter into the promised land, Jesus returns victorious in his test. So Jesus restores the dominion that Adam lost to Satan a long time ago in the garden. But now let's pick up where we left off in verse 14. It says, now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So the time had come. The king of the kingdom has arrived. Repent and believe in the good news. And I want you to notice, uh, sometimes the, the Gospels will say the kingdom of God. Sometimes they will say the kingdom of heaven. They basically are talking about the same thing. But the message was, repent, which what does that mean? Change your mind, or basically turn around, go in a new direction. <laughs> Follow instead, What is the direction of not following Jesus? It's just kind of wandering. You are wandering. You, you really have no direction, or unless you're being led... As it were by the nose or you're, you're finding, you're, you're not finding anything. You have no vision, no direction. And then Jesus says, come follow me. So often that's what he would come, come follow me. He's going to call disciples in a moment, come follow me. I have a vision. I have a direction. I have a purpose. I have a plan. Uh, sheep. Jesus said, we are like sheep. Sheep need a shepherd. You know that about Sheep. If you have a hundred sheep and you have no shepherd and you let them go, where do they go? In a hundred different directions. There's no leadership. There's no lead sheep gets up on its hind legs and says, follow me. You know, let's go. They need a human being. They need a man. They need a shepherd. And so Jesus is now calling for men and women to come and follow him and that he might love them and bless them. First, Repent, change your minds, and then believe, trust in me, trust in my words, trust in what I'm going to do with you. So we have to repent, and then we have to believe and trust in Christ.
0: Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Since Pastor Ray went to heaven, so many listeners have shared comments on what his teaching means to them. Pastor Ray was influential in teaching us to make the Bible our manual for life. Nothing else was needed, and nothing else mattered. He taught us to keep our eyes on Jesus, love God, our neighbors, and the Bible. We can't wait to see Him again. God is good all the time. It's so encouraging to hear how Pastor Ray's teachings have touched so many lives through the years, and your prayers are cherished by the Bentley family. If you have a message to share, you can email us ray at raybentley.com or post a comment on our homepage at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley.
1: Now, verses 16 through 20. He says, And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat, mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants, and they went after him. This is the beginning of the ministry of Jesus with the disciples. He calls his first four disciples. All four of them were graduates of the Theological Study Center in Jerusalem? No. Prophets, each one confirmed with signs, wonders, and miracles following them? Not so much. Fishermen along the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Fishermen that were in a family business. After the baptism and after the temptation in the wilderness, where John had baptized Jesus, he went into the wilderness, and Mark doesn't give us any of the details of that temptation. Other Gospels fill in more details. But after that temptation, Jesus went to the north shore of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, and began to proclaim the good news. The kingdom of God is at hand because the king has arrived in Israel. And then he encountered, which was right there in the north part of the shores of Galilee, fishermen. Two pairs of brothers. Listen to this. Simon, otherwise known as Simon Peter, and Andrew. And then the sons of Zavdai, which were uh, James and John. These four, two sets of brothers. By the way, we believe that out of the twelve, there were three sets of brothers. Half of the disciples were brothers which I think is very interesting. God loves, he loves families. He loves to save whole families. Now, each individual has to make a personal decision about Jesus Christ, but it's God's heart. He likes families. He likes everybody. If one is saved, then let's all go in that direction. Let's all be in this together. So two sets of brothers that he now calls to follow him. And it, it seems like Jesus just says, okay, hey, you and you, come follow me. You and you, come follow me. And then almost like, wow, did some miracle uh, you know, happen where Jesus, they just heard him and started wandering and following Jesus. That's the way it seems with Mark. But we learn from the other gospels that fill in some details. I want you to know that when Jesus said, now come, follow me, this was not the first time these four young men had met Jesus in fact they had known about him and had been with him and been listening to him and observing him for several months they had first of all actually been some of them invited to a wedding in Cana where they went to a wedding and again nothing seemed unusual But Jesus goes to the wedding, his mom comes up and and she knows that something special is about to happen and she says, son, they've run out of wine. In a Jewish wedding, uh, how long does a Jewish wedding last? Seven days. Could you imagine, I mean, weddings are expensive enough. Can you imagine providing food and wine for all of the guests for seven days? And that if you ran out of food and wine before, it was like, socially, you could not live with that. So what happens? A great embarrassment. Somebody, either family or a close friend to Mary, Jesus' mother, have run out of wine. This cannot get out. So Mary comes up to Jesus and says, son, they have no wine. And he says, my hour has not yet come. I think she wanted him to you know, prove to them that, that you are uh, the Messiah. And he's saying, mom, the miracle that you want is not for this hour but the hour will come and that hour will be his cross and burial and resurrection but he did go ahead and do the miracle he came behind the scenes where there were all the servants who were probably all flustered going what are we going to do we've run out of wine there's these six water pots Jesus says fill them up with water six of them they fill all of them up to the brim he says now draw out and they drew out and it was like a miracle the water had turned into wine. They brought it then uh, to the master of ceremonies and he says, wow, this is great. Usually people give uh, the good wine in the beginning. And then when people have well drunk, they bring out the cheap stuff basically. He says, but you are different. In this wedding, you saved the best wine for last. (laughs) Hallelujah, that's our dad, that's our God. And you know where we are? We're living in the last days. <laughs> Just before the great wedding. And I think God has the greatest outpouring and the greatest blessing for the church. He saved the best for last. Isn't that awesome? And you and I were chosen to be alive and to live and to see the things that we're seeing. And it's a we're, we're a blessed generation and we're a special uh, generation to be able to live and see the things that we're going to see in the very near future. So... They had been with Jesus to the wedding of Cana, where he had turned water into wine. They had actually, some of them, even gone to Jerusalem for a Passover. Some of them had been followers of John the Baptist, who had pointed to Jesus and said, follow him. They had heard him teach in the uh, village of Capernaum, on a Sabbath, there is a synagogue. In fact, they're the remnants of a synagogue even to this day in the north shore of Galilee where Jesus had taught. They had been there on a Sabbath and listened to Jesus teach. And one day while they were there, there was somebody demon-possessed. Now that's an exciting church service. When you go to the synagogue and somebody is at church, synagogue, and they're demon-possessed. And, you know, they're writhing around and their heads are spinning around. I don't know, green stuff coming out. Rah! But there literally was somebody of a demonic spirit. Now, there are two ways spiritually that you can open yourself up. By the way, as human being, we were made, we're spiritual beings, we're made to be spiritually awakened and alive. That's why we're always craving something. And nothing, imitations will not satisfy the spiritual because it comes from deep, deep within in the, in the part of our being that is, that is made in the image of God. Only something spiritual, Can fulfill and ignite it. That's why the occult is a temptation to people, because it's spiritual. And you go, aha, I knew it. It's not just rocks and trees and hills. There is something supernatural to this world. I knew it. I could feel it, and now I have evidence of it. And then you get deceived into you'll be able to be powerful and you're you're gonna be deceived. Demons are of the fallen angels. They've been around generation after generation. They know how to lie and they know how to deceive and they know how to trick people. And so beware, beware, be careful. But there was a demon possessed person. Jesus cast the demon out, they had seen that. They had been to Simon Peter's home for a Sabbath lunch and seen him heal Peter's mother-in-law of a fever. And now he comes and he says, come, follow me. They had been thinking about this for several months, and now they were ready to come and ready to follow him. And again, Jesus, as king, he says, I want to announce the kingdom. My kingdom has come. I put this in your notes. In Hebrew, his name, which is in Hebrew, Yeshua, means victory as well as salvation. You've always heard Jesus means salvation, it's true. But his name also means not only salvation, but victory and healing and deliverance. There is power in the name of Jesus. Would you say the name Jesus? Jesus. Power in the name of Jesus. His name is powerful, his name is healing. We are complete in Jesus Christ. I put 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 in your notes. Let's read that scripture out loud together. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Oh, the Lord Jesus, when you have Christ in you as the hope of glory, he is everything. He is complete. His spirit in you is everything that you need. Everything you need, everything that I need is found in Jesus. In Christ Jesus is who we are. It is our identity. It's not about us. It's not about our good deeds. It's not about our ability. It's not about our performance. It's just Jesus. It is just Jesus, knowing him, loving him, worshiping him, calling upon him, rising to the full measure of the stature of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah.
0: A good reminder today from Pastor Ray Bentley of what we have in Jesus. Good insight from our studies in the Gospel of Mark here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, The Kingdom of God. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under Media, you'll notice three words, Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click About and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email free of charge. Plus, you'll find other spiritual growth books and resources from Pastor Ray, including his new book called The Final Witness, an eye-opening prophetic fiction novel. So many are enjoying the full five-book series called The Elijah Chronicles. You can too. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also make a donation right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Mark. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel,